0: Everyone, this is Katherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 11. And tonight we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale, episode 73 Triptych. And yes, we are running about an episode behind on the Night Vale recaps, but we're going to catch up soon. More on that later. We're going to go listen to the episode, and we encourage you to listen to it because when we come back, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. See you in a minute. That was exactly what I was hoping for. Another interesting, timey-wimey sort of episode. Very much so. I think, wasn't wasn't it you who was telling me that they wanted to do this episode as a live episode, but they thought it was a little too weird? Yeah, that was the rumor that I had heard about that. I haven't been able to get a, a independent confirmation on that, but I could see how... They could get partway through an episode like that and then suddenly realize, you know what, this is just a little bit too strange to make an entire yeah. episode around. This, this packs a lot more punch as a, a short episode, I think. Yeah, yeah. I was also wondering, maybe, I don't know, it told us some stuff about Kevin Uh, I don't want to give it away. So uh, let's just start from the beginning. First of all, they told us they have just announced the Welcome to Night Vale Australia tour, which is kind of a big deal, because how many hours does it take to get all the way over to Australia on a plane? Oh, I don't even know. I mean, they said that it was a huge undertaking to plan a live episode tour of Australia for, you know, a little show like this. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, if you haven't already bought your tickets and you're living in Australia, go buy your tickets, because they want to make sure that that can happen again at some point. And the book is coming out on October 20th, and they sold out of signed copies, so they signed some more copies, and now those are for sale again. Yep, and they're doing a very interesting uh, countdown to the book release. Every episode, uh, they're going to read just a random sample from a random page from the book, which they did today, so looking forward to that. Very nice. So the episode starts out, and Cecil is giving us the news report about a huge vortex that's opened up in the food court, probably one of the worst uh, food court-related vortexes they've seen in a long time. Yeah, it took out three ice cream stores in the food court mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. badly yeah. damaged a fourth one. So I guess yes, they yes. kind of like ice cream out there in Night vale. I've sort of noticed that. It is sort of a desert area, which, swear to God, as hot as it's been in San Diego, I'm like, I approve of lots of ice cream establishments. That's yeah. awesome. What have you guys been having to deal with temperature-wise for the last few days over there? Oh, well, you know, when you get right down to it, it's like, eh, low 90s, which a lot of people in the country now are going to be going, well, ah, screw you. But, yeah, you know, well, it was in the mid-70s all day today and really nice in North Carolina. So. <laughs> I guess we're having a, a little bit of a weather reverse then. Yeah, that's all right. That's fine. I think Nathan Fillion put up on his Instagram account, he Took a picture of his thermometer at 103, which I think was in LA, and he's like, "What's the heat equivalent of a snow day?" And all these people are jumping up and down on him. They're like, "Come to Arizona and talk to us after you've experienced a 115 degree day." I'm like, right, "I don't know. Fair. I don't know who you. I don't care who you are. Uh, 103 is hot anywhere." Yes. Yes. Exactly. And you you can complain as soon as it hits the 90s, you can complain, and I don't care. But so Cecil's telling us about how it took out the uh, ice cream on a stick place, the fried ice cream place, the ice cream some sandwich place and there was other one more (laughs) establishment I didn't write down and something weird starts happening to the output on the audio a little fuzzy symbol signal starts to come in yep so he's uh, tinkering with wires a little bit and then we hear Kevin (laughs) I know and Kevin they both like look at each other over the sky we're like oh my god (laughs) he's so cheery so happy and I'm sitting here thinking oh he's just king of the mountain now that he's operating his brand new radio station out in the desert otherworld but that's not the case. So nope, nope. uh with a little bit of conversation, it turns out Kevin's never heard of Nightvale. And nope. Kevin and he wasn't the one he wasn't the one who named this area Desert Bluffs. Uh, people a long time ago named it and so we're like going. Uh, hang on a minute. I think the strangest thing, though, is he doesn't like Strex Corp at all. Strex Corp no. is just this local company that's starting to buy things up and take over things in Desert Bluffs, and he doesn't like it at all. And No. Uh, no. I did think something was rather uh, adorable, though. I mean, of course. Cecil doesn't like Kevin and he doesn't like the name Desert Bluffs and he's being all, you know, argumentative and whatever. And then Kevin starts talking about all of the good things in life like a totalian, totalitarian government and adorable pictures of cats. And Cecil's like, I like adorable pictures of cats. (laughs) Bond over their love of adorable pictures of cats. Yes. So basically, we're talking to Kevin from a very long time ago. And I guess something has crossed in the wires that gave us a timey-wimey event. But then there's another fuzzy kind of moment in there. We lost the transmission. And then Kevin comes back and Cecil starts talking to him. But it's a different kevin this time it's a little newer and it's after strexcora has taken over desert bluffs and kevin totally approves kevin thinks it's wonderful now they can all just work 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 and work some more and smiling he goes on about (laughs) smiling quite a bit and, and cecil talks to him for a bit and wants to know what the hell happened to him you know this terrible kevin that he's talking to and Kevin was talking about, oh, I remember that. I remember how foolish I was trying to stop Strix Corp from coming in and how I placed myself at the door in their way. And they did ethically brutal things to me to get through. And so they, they changed him on a very deep level. Kevin it they sounded did. like they turned him inside out. It's, it's pretty yeah. horrifying. And he's yeah, obviously yeah. exactly as unhinged as he was when his character was first introduced. What, how long ago did we first get to hear about Kevin? Was it 2 years ago? It's been a while. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah. And Cecil may have made a tactical error because a little he, bit. Yeah, he's he's talking about how I don't I can't even remember how the topic came up, but he mentioned about the fact of, you know, oh, I'm in your future and, you know, we already had a secret revolution against Strex Corp and threw you out. And Kevin's like, "Really? Oh, I need to did write you? all this down." <laughs> and then Cecil's like, "No, no, no, no. I didn't mean anything. You guys need to stay all complacent and just accept things just as they are." And Kevin's like, "Oh, your jokes are so funny." Yeah, and he's going to send over Daniel to watch thing, oh, oh to watch over everything that goes on in Nightvale and he'll be able to act if he sees anything that happens. And at one point he calls up, "Lauren, I've just got this interesting information about Nightvale." Like, "Oh god." <laughs> yes. So yeah, he lost the transmission again, and Cecil feeling really bad, and, you know, he says that Carlos is always trying to tell him to, what is it, not feel bad if you make a catastrophic mistake or something? So. A catastrophic temporal error or something like that, saying yeah, that all the time, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good advice for anybody to have at any time. And he's starting to give us more information on the Vortex in the food court, and the transmission comes back again, and it is not either of the Kevins that we've heard before. It is a Kevin in the far, far future, obviously filled with regrets, and he's pretty much always been suffering from whatever it was that Strexcore did to him, and he wishes that he'd never heard of Strexcore, and he dreams about what his life could have been like if he'd never ever encountered Strexcore. And he's, you know, you hear him coughing and he's in a very desolate future, which obviously Cecil doesn't like hearing, but... No, no. no. And we lose the transmission again. And Cecil tries to get him back again, but before he tries to get him back, he sends us to the weather. And I really like the weather at this time. It started out with a trumpet and a cello. And it was almost like, I don't know, I imagine a cabaret singer for this yeah, particular yeah. one in one single spotlight in the center of the stage. So it was very yeah. minor key. Uh, what was the name and the, t- the singer? The uh, woman who's singing uh, her, I guess her, band name i mean i think it's just her it's called the unwoman and the song was called the heroine and i was so certain when i heard that cello start that it was gabriel royal who did remember us in the condos episode but as it turns out no she's a singer and a cellist so um obviously she had a trumpet player playing with her but yeah that's that's how and it i think she probably recorded herself a couple times because the Cello sort of accompanied itself in a few places, but it was nice. I like that very much. I'd like to see her uh, play live at some point because I'm not sure. Gabriel Royale is the only other singer that I can think of right now who accompanies himself on a cello, and I just find that amazingly appealing. Yeah, we've talked about him before. I mean, I liked Unwoman; it sounded very cool. But Gabriel Royal, I was listening the other day to his song "On Again, Off Again, Friend," and it's just so neat. That's it's the really one where he's—that's the one where he's playing in the subway, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. And just, just totally comfortable, and it just totally works. Great yeah. song. It's on YouTube. Go find it, Gabriel Royal, "On Again, Off Again, Friend." Yeah. But we come back from the weather, and uh, Kevin is back. And after a few moments, Cecil's able to figure out. That he's all the way back to the first Kevin, the one who's so filled with hope for the future. And he's so determined to fight Strix and kick him out of desert bluffs. And he realizes that Cecil is in his future. So we ask Cecil, well, that means, you know, does everything work out great? Does everything work out exactly the way I want it to? And there's this long pause. And then Cecil says, yes, everything's going to be absolutely fine. And... And it really opens up this bizarre question that you only get when you're dealing with time travel and people from the future talking to someone from the past. What is the right answer in something like that? Because you basically have the choice of telling them everything's going to be fine, and that maybe sabotages their will to work harder and be more determined. Yeah or you tell them how horrible everything's going to be, and maybe convince them that it's not even worth trying if it's all predestined. Yeah, exactly. Or possibly the future that you know of is, which really wasn't good, and you, or the past, god, tenses are weird, the past that you've had, what if you tell them how to fix it, and you're Telling them was what made it so bad. You have no idea what the cause and effect is when it comes to time travel. So it's like, I think Cecil probably, probably took the best possible answer. Just try and comfort him for the time he has left. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's nothing really to be done at this point. So, so yeah, that was. Hmm. Now, didn't we have a T-shirt moment? We did. We did. At one point, he made the comment because he's talking about this. You know, he finally loses the transmission with Kevin for possibly the last time. We don't know. And he's talking about the futility of trying to change things in the past. And he says, what is the use of nostalgia for th- what didn't happen when we have to live with what did? And we we're like, oh, these are bad. <laughs> like that. But that Yeah, but that wraps up the episode. Oh, well, so except for very... the fact that the vortex apparently swallowed up the entire food court and everyone there is gone. Oh, yeah, that's minor bit of news there. But yeah, that happened too. So, <laughs> and after that, that wrapped up the episode. So was, I thought it was a very... In its way, I mean, for all the timey whiminess it was a very straightforward episode. It was just, here's Kevin, and here's maybe a chance to not dislike him so much. But that was one thing I wondered. I wonder if anybody, and guys, please chime in if you want, was anybody disappointed at having another side of Kevin? Because sometimes it's cool to have another side to a, a villain, I suppose, but sometimes you're just, I don't know, change is hard sometimes. So I'm, I'm wondering what everybody thinks about getting another side of Kevin. I don't know. If the cosplay pictures on Tumblr, or any indication, Kevin has a huge fan base. And I think they're going oh, to be thrilled that. with the idea of seeing a sympathetic side of Kevin. Nice. I, I that's imagine nice. that's gonna probably play into a lot more of the uh, Kevin Cecil pairing that's been going on, I'm sure. Oh, oh, yeah, that's people will ship anything. They really will. <laughs> Not that I disapprove. I don't disapprove at all. The other question I wanted to ask is what people think of the theme song. I've been sort of trying to give it you know a chance this new theme song intro and outro song and i've decided i I just i don't think i like the intro song but I like the outro song better. Yep. So if I had to choose, you know, why don't we just take the outro song and put that in the beginning and that'll be fine. Well, I'm hoping at some point we get the triumphant return of the opening music. (laughs) I think that's what everybody's hoping. They're like, this is just temporary, right? It's not going to keep on going on, right? Right? I know some people say change is good, but I have yet to be convinced. Yeah, no, no. But in other news, just real quick, we are back from the trip that we took. That was what we were talking about with our parents' 50th wedding anniversary anniversary, mom and dad wanted to go to Yellowstone National Park. And that's what we did. And so we were there for a little over a week. I have to say, I wasn't expecting a lot of what we got to see. I mean, people say, talk about the scenery, and it's beautiful and everything. I think there was a quote, it might have been an Ansel Adams quote, the uh, photographer, who took Mm -hmm. a lot of pictures in national parks. And the quote was something like, if I could put into words what I'm seeing, I wouldn't have to carry around this camera. And that's really, it's just, it's beyond description. I mean, just the whole area, we stayed around Old Faithful, which is amazing in and of itself. But I had no idea that there were so many geysers and hot springs and other thermal, you know, events going on in Old Faithful that it looks like a different world in some places. It does. It does. I, I was thinking like, I was thinking Mordor in more than one occasion. I mean, you just at dusk at one point, we're all taking this walk and there's this huge, very empty field in front of you. And there's all these just plumes of steam coming up from the ground from all the different geysers. I mean, just around Othfeifel alone, there's dozens of them, but you can drive to dozens more from there. It's crazy. And some of them are just nothing like what you expect. I mean, there was a a whole section where you would go to see, I think it was called the paint pots, which is just an area where all of the... Uh, uh, the steam uh, and all of the living organisms that live inside the steam convert this whole area to white clay and then bubble up through it. So it looks like paint. But right next to it is a thermal vent that was cracked open by an earthquake in 1959. It's called Red Spouter, and it roars. That's the it amazing does, thing. Does. It's it's a cloud of steam that just comes out of it constantly. And it's roaring. It's like being next to this steam vent from this huge industrial machinery, just roaring yes, and yes. roaring. So very. It's so weird to, to believe that it's a natural thing. I mean, we hear it and it's like, I mean, louder than a vacuum cleaner, you know, it's just hugely loud and... Um, and then some of them are just beautiful. The Grand Prismatic Spring, I think, was my favorite because it's all different colors coming from the algae and bacteria and minerals in the water. It was really beautiful. And there was yeah, a, a couple neat. of them, one of them called Sapphire Pond, I think, or Sapphire Pool. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Something about the light bouncing off of the minerals in the water. And it's the most gorgeous blue you've ever seen. It, on, yeah, and. Yeah surrounded by all this gorgeous scenery of the huge towering mountains. And Elizabeth and I grew up in Florida, so mountains oh, are yeah. kind of a big deal for us. And this was yes, they spectacular. Are. Yes. Mountains are a big deal when we believe in them. Oh, that's yeah. right. Rocky <laughs> Mount Rocky Mountains more like rocky nothing. Nothings, but- <laughs> What are the the animals that we saw when we were out there? Oh, wow. I I think we should have made a list or had a checklist or something, but we were kind of going off a checklist in our head. Uh, We saw a timber wolf. That was probably the most amazing part. Even the park ranger was startled by that. I mean, it was way off in the distance, but it was white, and it was just wandering around taking a sip from a pool and all of the tourists snapping pictures and everything. So that was pretty spectacular. Mm -hmm. She said that was the alpha wolf of the local pack. So Um, so we saw that that we saw elk saw a couple of elk we did uh we saw squirrels and chipmunks yes we saw several bears (laughs) we honestly (laughs) did yes we did they even closed down one of the roads uh Leading off to our uh, the place where we were staying at one point because there had been so many bears and the traffic yeah. was just getting backed up for miles from people stopping to take pictures of the bears and stepping out of their cars into mauling range. Oh so, yeah. yeah they, don't don't do that, guys. That's not safe. That's was, not a good idea. I you know, of course they want to protect all the tourists, but there's been more damage done to the bears by all the tourist activity than the tourists. I mean, that poor guy that got eaten by a bear in Yellowstone Park, that's been the first one in about 20 years. And some of the literature around in the park said that there are about 14 bears killed a year because of human related activities, basically, humans getting too close, uh, or humans feeding them and teaching them to be aggressive. So yeah, yeah. And they also they had signs up all over the place that said a fed bear is a dead bear. So they're like, don't don't feed them, and if you're, you know, don't run from them, because apparently they chase things that run, but they also say don't try and drop your pack to distract it, so it'll go after your pack and not you, because that just teaches it that if it's aggressive, it'll get food, and so then it'll be more aggressive, and then they'll have to kill it. So they're trying not to have that happen. Obviously, the guy who got killed is on a human level much bigger tragedy but at the same time the bear that killed him was a mother bear with cubs and they had to put them all down so yep. that's, um, that's how so that works that was yeah. all very tragic but so yes. yeah we got to see the bears from a safe distance mm. and yes, we, uh, we got to see a few uh, coyotes which I have to say are my favorite I guess maybe oh, because I'm thinking for, yeah. of the coyote headed college students which I will do a bit of fan art about that <laughs> at some point <laughs> they're really very pretty I mean we didn't get a good look at the wolf but the coyote were right next to the side and um, very much prettier than the bison which we also got had to see up close because the bison will occasionally just wander in by the visitor center at Old Faithful. They had to lock one of the doors at one point because they didn't want people leaving the building right next to the bison that was hanging out in the picnic area. So they'll they'll get pretty close but they're grumpy and they're really big. They're huge. I think if yeah. you if you sat down and like curled up into a ball, you might be about as big as the bison's head. I mean, these yep. things yep. are like walking refrigerators with fur. Yeah, we saw one walking by a car at one point when it was strolling down the center lane of a road. It was it was Pretty big compared to the car it was next to. So these things ain't small. Boy, the people in that car must have gotten the best damn view. I think they did. They probably got the best pictures of the whole vacation there. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But that was, so that was our trip. We got pictures of mom and dad next to Old Faithful when it was going off because they, you know, 50 years... Old Faithful, it kind of makes sense. It so, does. It really yeah. does. Yeah, it really and does. Uh, what else? What is, oh, yeah, we played a Beatles song for them for we their birthday present. That was our secret thing. Uh, my, you know, for mom's 65th birthday, Catherine and I and our little sister Hannah played the Beatles when I'm 64, because that's how we roll. We're about a year late. So for this one, we want to do something. And Hannah had z- suggested the Beatles song something. So we put that together. And I think it went pretty well. You know, I think a few wrong notes here and there, but considering the fact that we got a chance to play it together like what a total of three times before we actually performed it exactly yep and yeah. um so for a uh, two violins and a clarinet i thought it worked out rather well but then yeah, you and i right. have been in a a music group before where it was two second violins, a flute and a bassoon. And I think we yep. managed to make that work pretty well. Yeah, if we can make that work, we could definitely make anything work at this point. So but yeah, so now we're just gonna have to figure out the next time we have a big milestone in the family. What Beatles song are we gonna do next? Because it seems we've obviously set up a theme here. Yes, we have mom and dad are Beatles people. So that's fine. You're, you're either a Beatles person or an Elvis person. They're Beatles people. That's yeah. Uh, well, I am too. So that yeah. works totally totally that's all for this week uh make sure to check out everything that's going on at pixelatedgeek.com where you can find this podcast comic issues movie issues two geeks in a podcast pixel clicks podcast and news reviews uh interviews pictures uh, all that on pixelatedgeek.com and find binary system podcast on facebook we haven't started that twitter account yet have we not yet working on it yeah ought to do that ought to do that but anyway other than that next week we are going to recap the next episode of Welcome to Night Vale which is Welcome to Night Vale episode 74 we are running a week behind on account of the vacation so we're going to get caught up and so you'll get two recaps in a row Uh, so we will see everybody in one week talk to y'all later